Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome to another edition of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvani, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew University. And joining me via Zoom is Dr. Brian Shetler, head of special collections at Drew University Archives. And also today, we are joined by Candace Riley, special collections associate here at Drew. Hello, Brian and Candace. Hey, Ed. How's it going? Good, good. How are you all today? We are doing well. Excited to share some more stuff with our audience. Great. So what do you have? All right. So today we uh, we're pulled a few items from our collections, actually from different parts of our collection. The first is from 1578, and it's actually part of our Common Prayer Book collection, which we have talked about maybe in other episodes or you will, you will hear about in other episodes. This particular copy, though, is dedicated to and printed for Queen Elizabeth. So again, in 1578, uh, it was made sort of in her honor. There's a lovely picture at the opening of this book. It's in very high, it's a very high quality production. The binding is really beautiful. It's very lovely. And we can see right away when you open the book, the printers wanted to make sure that they, you knew right away it was for the queen. So there's a lovely picture of her. She's mentioned right in the front. Uh, and the book itself is of a very high quality in terms of its artistry and its um, production. So this text was printed again in 1578 and, and done in honor of Queen Elizabeth. And while it is a prayer book and it has multiple purposes, the point that we're going to focus on today is towards the back of the book, where you start to get images on the outside of the text that are related to death. And in this particular case, to uh, images related to skeletons and their interaction with living people. Um, this is part of a sort of trope of what we call the dance macabre. So it's sort of the dance of the dead and this idea of death comes for us all. So whether you're a king or a queen or a peasant in the 16th century in England, death will come for you. And the way that's represented here is by these sort of almost fanciful sort of comedic images of death interacting with different members of society. Um, and I'll hand it over to Candace now to talk a little bit more about the concept behind these images and why it was sort of an important part of uh, study in England and across Europe at this time. Thanks, Brian. So the dance of death uh, imagery goes back to actually a medieval poetry and medieval sermons uh, because death, unfortunately, you know, comes for us all. Uh, but they were suffering with a lot of plagues and sickness at that time. So the death became even more on the top of people's minds. Uh, so imagery then was a way for people to kind of understand their mortality and then better prepare because every medieval person wants a good death, not a bad death. A uh, good death means you're prepared for it, you do all your prayers um, and you are paying your way towards heaven so you don't be in purgatory or hell. Okay. So these images came out of that. And uh, ones that we have in a couple of these other books um, come from the tradition of Hans Holbein the Younger from the early 16th century. And as we saw in the book of the common prayer book of Queen Elizabeth, we have these skeletons cavorting uh, with the living uh, because oh, wow. they're here to then say like, okay, it, it's your time. Let's you know go off. Your, your time for the living is done. Um, here, um, Hans Holbein the Younger, he shows it in a very uh, sweet way where these skeletons are coming back and they're guiding people uh, gently uh, towards their afterlife. Uh, this has been uh, adopted throughout the course of many centuries where the dance of death images kind of gets a little bit more humorous as time goes on and oh. death takes on a more active role. 
so instead of just a skeleton in a nice little shroud sweetly guiding you off, we have a skeleton here um, in one image. He's fighting with a knight and he is using a bone to then as a sword to be like, okay, man, we're going to fight and you're going to go to your death. Oh, wow. This is the way he's going to go. Uh, the, so as Brian was mentioning, uh, the, these images mean the death come for you all. It's a symbol of memento mori uh, so that you should remember that you are mortal. And in all these images, a skeleton is kind of like sneaking in and then going to take that person's life. So you have images of nobles and then a skeleton's dressed in other nobility attire um, and then going to approach that person and then you know, come for them. Skeletons dressed in ladies' robes. That's well. fascinating. Yeah. Death is always walking with us, right? It, it is. And it's um, it's macabre, but it's also a great way for people to, to then understand death a little bit more. And um, this one book that we have is, is a great text. It has, um, the images are colored in, uh, in addition to have that kind of funny skeleton fighting uh, imagery. But you also have poetry and they're in uh, three different languages, uh, French, German, and English. And there's one image uh, for the death to the knight, and the poem reads, uh, Sir Knight, your name is in my list. From fighting you could near desist, but when you must with death contend, your power and skill are at an end. So these, these great little poems uh, go with all these wonderful images of death coming for you. Um, so even if you are the, the person who makes bread in the market or the king at court, uh, death is going to get you. Um, but it's a way for you to better understand your own mortality. So you mentioned that the, this was printed in three languages. Was that usual? Um, it was because it became a very, very popular concept for the dance of death imagery. Um, so Hans Holbein um, did it in the, in the 1530s, but these images were already in wall paintings in mm. many uh, cathedrals and parish churches. So then these concepts um, became extremely popular throughout Europe and um, then they became printed in all these different types of books and media, and they would have different languages. This one here is a little bit later, the 1875 to three languages. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, so um, it's not like the other ones, which were mostly just in like uh, the vernacular. But you do see, because of the sort of longevity of this trope, these images, you're starting with a book that, that uh, Queen Elizabeth book from 1578, and then we have an edition from the 1760s. And then the last one that Candace was talking about from 1875. So you're talking just in these three examples, 300 years of history represented in all, all of them serving the same sort of dance of death metaphor and imagery. Uh, so it's a, definitely popularity uh, did not wane after even after three centuries. And this is going off of a medieval tradition. So you could say like late 13th, early 14th century, where you're seeing this start with images like the tale of the three kings, the three living, three dead, transy tombs. So this is a long-standing tradition. This is all coming out of, and it's, it is here to stay. I mean, you're still seeing images of the dance of death in our, in our common kind of Halloween or spooky uh, imagery. So it's, it's not gone. Sure. So we, we reenact it every 31st of October. As we should. <laughs> all right. Candace Bryan, thanks so much for sharing these with us. Fascinating, if perhaps macabre, examples of some of the material at Drew University archives. So Brian, if our listeners were interested, where could they find these items? So these latter three books that we're sharing are actually all from um, a collection related to graphic imagery and text. So that's part of our Chesler collection and part of our rare book collection. 
So it actually is a way for us to sort of put together text and image in one package. Um, and the collection itself, the Chesler collection, has a lot of graphic novels, comic books, and other things that we would recognize as sort of literature and image put together. But that happened long before the, the age of comic books that we're used to, even going back to the 15th and 16th century. So these are great examples of some of that early text and image combination that we have in our collections here. All right, Brian and Candace, thanks again so much for sharing. You are most sure. welcome. That's our show. If you want to see images of the items we've highlighted today, head on over to Drew University Participatory Archives at www.drew.edu forward slash library forward slash special hyphen collections. You can follow the Drew Special Collections and University Archives on social media, on Facebook at Drew U Special Collections, on Twitter at Drew U Archives, and on Instagram at Drew Archives. For myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, for Dr. Brian Shetler and Candace Riley, take care, stay safe, and see you next time on Drew Archives in 10. <laughs>